2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
0: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
3: following program has been pre-recorded
4: Anian, i don't know if you're aware or even possibly how you could know when something goes wrong because the car keeps running The Car Doctor. As long as you're looking at OBD 2, the language is all the same.
3: Okay, so like one wouldn't be better for a Toyota as opposed to a Kia?
4: No, because by, by definition of the law, OBD 2 is standardized. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian. The Car Doctor. Since 1991,
0: this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. <phone rings> If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the
4: phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. What did you learn this week? I learned a lot. I went to work and I fixed cars and I learned all kinds of things. Let's see. Um, I learned that the parts problem is a lot worse than we actually think it is. It, It really is. Um, and I understand that, you know, what I'm going to tell you is maybe it's reflective upon the car line. It's, 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 but it's still a popular car. 2019 Kia Rio. And you have to say it in that order because it, it seems to be something that's, it stands out that way. Every time you look it up, it's a 2019 Kia Rio. It's a Rio S actually is what it was. It was a submodel too. We needed brake rotors. The, the, the car had a brake pull so bad. That if you were driving down the highway And you hit the brakes And you weren't careful Your knee would smack you in the jaw Every time you stepped on the brakes Because it just bounced off the brake pedal And And, you know you You needed dentures afterwards When your teeth fell out Because it was such a bad rattle How hard could this be? We started working on this car on Monday Looked it up Ordered two of the nicest brake rotors From the brand that we always use Perfect Looked it up in the catalog Showed up Danny took them out of the box The first observation was they had holes in it for five lug nuts. Well, five lugs. Well, wait a minute now. This is a four lug wheel. This is a problem. And we sent those back and they looked it up again. And this time we called the manufacturer and they said, nope, these are the right ones. Okay. Ordered that part number. That part number showed up. And indeed it was. It had four lug nuts. It had holes for four lugs. So I said, well, at least we got the number of lugs right. And we put them on the car and they actually fit the they they indexed into the hubs and and we're looking at them and but there's something wrong. <laughs> you know, it just it was just missed it. You know, it was like a Maxwell Smart moment, missed it by that much. And we laid the rotors against each other and there's about maybe maybe three sixteenths of an inch difference in diameter. And about an eighth of an inch difference in the offset because it wasn't laying right against where the caliper bracket would go. They were wrong. Let me call Kia. All right, I got to stop screwing around. By now it's Tuesday. All right, we lost we lost a day on this. By now it's Tuesday, and uh, Tuesday afternoon, and uh, called and spoke to Kia. I spoke to Tom up in Kia here locally, and he was very kind. He went through the gamut. He came back to me. and said, "You know, Ron." <laughs> There isn't a set of brake rotors in the country for that car. He said they are all on national back order with no release date, no planned I hate it when they say this. No planned release date in sight. What does that mean? What, we're driving a three year old car and and now it's junk? And and this is this is what I mean. The parts problem is worse. It's it's worse than we then we can imagine it some weeks. It just seems to be getting worse and worse. We ended up machining the rotors, and, and I have to tell you the story, right? Um, I'm looking for a new tire machine. Gee, how's he going to segue this into the brake rotor story? Just listen. So I'm looking for a new tire machine. It's time. My, my Hunter machines, It's getting it's getting older, and it still works. It's great. I love my Hunter machine. Uh, I just, you know what? it's time. You, you change things before they break in the auto repair business because if you wait till it breaks, that's the day you're gonna have forty tires to do and now you got no machine. So let's just do it once and get it over with. So John, my salesman came in and um, we're standing there and the you know it's a, the back room's getting smaller. It's not that the back room's getting smaller. all the equipment's getting bigger. And uh, you know you need you need more room to to compensate for it. So something has to go. And we look in the back room, there's a balancer, there's the tire machine, there's the press to do wheel bearings and press work, there's the brake lathe, we're storing the EVAP smoke machine in the back room, we've got cabinets galore, we've got a couple of toolboxes, one's got a grinder on the top of it, there's more than a few you know, cabinets with or, or shelving, With one's got the wheel weight assortment on it, another one's got some um, parts that we use, different things, there's no room. John looks at me and he says, I'd get rid of the brake lathe. Uh, gee, John, I don't know if i do that. I said, every once in a while, he says, well, what do you think is going to go? I said, I- I'll get rid of the press. I'll put the press. We've got a trailer. We'll put the press in the trailer. Nothing will hurt it out there. I said, you never know when you're going to need the brake lathe. Ergo, enter the Kia. So Danny and I looked at each other, and I said, well, I guess we're going to cut rotors, which we don't really like to do for a variety of reasons, one being that, you know, the rotors are thin enough now, and when you remove mass, you you can we not weaken it, but you know it's more likely to come back with a pulse because you've you've taken you've taken some timber off the wood and you know it, it'll get a twist so we were very careful i, I machined about 7000s off of it fortunately i still remember how to use a brake lathe my AccuTurn brake lathe works really well it's every once in a while i turn it on and put a nickel on the way and just you know watch it run just it doesn't knock the nickel over that's how steady a machine it is that's how they sold it 20 years ago it still works and machine the rotors and they're beautiful and and that's how we fixed the car. We we sent it down the road. We we machined the rotors and it's fixed. And I explained to the customer, new customer Andrew, I said, Andrew, I don't I don't know when rotors are gonna be available. I said, I don't normally do this. I said, but I have no choice. Your rotors are machined, they're well within spec. They're they're not undersized by any stretch of the imagination. I would have preferred to put new on, but you know, this is what we ended up doing. And I think this is a mindset. And what I learned is not just about the parts problem, but I learned that you know, I guess you got to open your mind a little bit, and uh, you know, I, I I keep saying you've got to be open minded, but I guess I've got to open my mind and look differently at things because of the parts shortage. How we're how we're being affected, how things are going to change, and they surely are. They 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 absolutely positively are, and there's just no rhyme or reason. You can't. You can't explain it. I had another person call up the shop this week, 2017 Nissan Rogue, that needed a cooling fan, and she was desperate. She hasn't had her vehicle now for more than a few weeks, and it's it. She's dealing with um, she's got no cooling fan. The car overheats on occasion. She'll run to the corner store to get some groceries for her kids. She's all alone. Um, I, I don't know what to tell her. I said, did you call Nissan? She goes, yeah, that's where the car is. Nissan says my cooling fan that I need is in Japan and there's no release date in sight. I'm thinking, what's going on? Uh, You know, that's two vehicles, two critical components that we have as an issue. And, you know, here we are. So I guess the moral to the story is um, when you think about what did you learn this week? I know what I learned. I learned that parts are a problem. That the old way of actually fixing things, where we make parts, as I consider machining rotors, making a part, we're making a bad part into a good part, right? Um, you know, we're, we're we're making parts work and getting the car back out the door, and I think we're gonna see more of that. So you know <laughs> it's 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 getting tough out there and getting tougher. Um, I encourage you to talk to your mechanic. I encourage you to take better care of your car. I think you're going to need to. Uh, I haven't seen, I talked to someone this week. They're predicting that the automobile shortage is going to go on for another nine months. I don't know where they got that number from. They're, they're higher up in the manufacturing sector. And they indicated to me that they see this as a six to eight month problem, which puts us somewhere past March of next year. If I do my math right, um, February, March. And, you know, a lot of this has to do with the chip shortage, that they can't produce enough chips. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that they can't produce. Listen, I've got, on a personal note, my new plow truck, my 22 Chevrolet Silverado. I wanted, they they don't always put the wheel well linings in the rear wheel wells. I had purchased something aftermarket. They fit terrible. They're garbage. Um, I'll I'll get by with them, but I I called up my GM guy and I said Dennis, just order me the ones from GM. I know they're on back order, which is why I didn't use them in the first place. Um, we have we have a, another one of you know no ship date available, so I may not see these things for a year. I have no clue. I have no clue when they're coming in, and uh, you know it's it's really <laughs> you can't predict anything. Um, you really can't. So I don't know what you learned this week. I just learned that. The parts problem is bad, and it's going to get worse. And I hate to be doom and gloom, but there's ways around it, you know. I still think I could have found the cooling fan for the lady with the Nissan, but she hung up before I could get her VIN because I got a couple of people I could call. So there's stuff out there. You just have to think non-traditional methods. You know, I would have loved to jump on O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get on O'ReillyAuto.com and see if they've had it because they've got, they've got some of the biggest warehouses in the country to pull from. Uh, For the world, for that matter, they're so big. And uh, I bet O'Reilly Auto Parts would have that cooling fan. But we'll never know. The lady never left me the VIN. So if she's listening and you call back, eh, call me back. So anyway, um, hey, you know, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Harish Gobin is going to be with us from Launch Products. We're going to talk about DIY scan tools. You guys are always asking me what scan tools to buy, what features should you look for. We've had Harish on the show before. We thought we'd bring him back and do a little one-on-one and talk a little bit about that. But right now, let's pull over and take a pause. And when The Car Doctor returns, we'll open up the phone lines at 855-560-9900. Don't go away.
1: at purdueglobal.edu. What's more fun than listening to Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor and getting that car fixed right? 855-560-9900. Give Ron a call. Now, back
4: to Ron. Hey, let's get down Texas way and talk to John. John, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
3: Hey, Ron, thank you so much for taking my call. Ron, I have a 2018 Ram ProMaster. Uh, it's my work vehicle. Okay. It has 73,000 miles on it. All right. Um, and in the last 1,000 miles or so, it's been throwing a code, a P0302, which is a misfire on, on cylinder two. Right. Uh, and I decided to change all the coils and all the plugs. Next day, it ran a little bit better, and it went right back to giving me misfires. Okay. so having gone online and gotten a little bit of a scare from knowing about the the pentastar tick uh, I'm a little nervous (laughs) so uh, uh, they supposedly took care of this problem I called the dealer, they want $1200 to take it apart just to diagnose it and when I look up parts for it, if I were to replace the rockers and the lifters and stuff uh, it would be probably half of that for me so I'm not sure which way to proceed here, and and how to, you know, I'm, I was going to do a compression test this weekend, um, but, I'm, I'm you know some, when it's when it's cold, it runs okay. Uh, as it gets hotter, it starts misfiring. Okay, which it makes me think, does, does, does it, possibly does, a head gasket or something? Yeah,
4: yeah. Does it does it make any noise? You
3: know, I tried to to listen to it with my phone because so I figured I'd have a better discrimination on the audio. And I when I heard it I definitely heard a click, but it turns out I think it's the EGR valve up on top that, okay. that's clicking back and forth. So I, I, I haven't put a stethoscope or anything to it or a screwdriver to the valve cover, but um, I don't hear that, that, that is that telltale sign, you know. Right.
4: Cylinder so, Cylinder number two is the first cylinder in the front row on this engine. And this engine correct. sits this engine sits sideways. If if this engine right. were facing front, cylinder number two would be the first cylinder on the driver's side. Okay. okay. So, which way does the overhang go? Because I don't remember. Does the overhang go to the towards the rear of the vehicle, or does it go towards the front? I think it goes towards the rear, right? You can you can access the front bank, but you can't access the rear bank.
3: Exactly. Yeah, okay. You have that correct.
4: So. Normally, and I just I just want to just put this bug in your ear for a minute. Normally, I would when I have a problem like this. All right, um, I would swap coils around up front. I wouldn't go swapping all the coils because you, just for right. what you ran into. So the next time, just for an educational moment, um, swap number two sure. coil. Take number two coil. Pick one of the other two cylinders. It's easy to get to. All right, move it to move, move it okay. move it to the one next to it. Take the plug out of two. Move it to the move it to the remaining cylinder. Move things around. Always mark them with a marker because you're going to forget or the phone's going to ring or the wife's going to come out or the dog's going to bark or somebody's going to come go, hey, what's this? You know, gee, where did I put it? You know, who put the yeast in the bread? Um, and, and, you know, that way, you know, what does it follow? Does it follow the plug? Does it follow the coil? Or is it still on the cylinder? So, you know, you could have an injector issue. This could be fuel related. Um, but, you know, that's easy enough to dope out. When the problem's happening, what does fuel trim look like? Do you have a scan tool? Can you look at fuel trim?
3: I, I can. Uh, it, it's it's not a great great one. I, I do I did some live data. Right. Uh, I haven't really taken. I, I I did take a snapshot of it, and I don't remember what it is right now. I don't yeah. even know what that's, I'm. That's okay. Comparing it to what 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 numbers are supposed to have. Well, but,
4: do you have another car in the house? I do. Yeah. Go hook up to that one. You have a car that's not broken. Right. The The problem is one of the biggest <laughs> mistakes we make as diagnosticians is. We always bring the tool out for the first time on the broken car, you know. Imagine, yep. imagine how a doctor feels. Hey, this guy might be having a heart attack. Oh, let's test him with the new tool we just got. I mean, how accurate is that going to be? <laughs> you know. So we always want to look true. at we always want to look at good. If we know what good looks like, then we know what bad looks like, right? right. So, in a nutshell, fuel trim. Think of those uh, the, the back in geometry class in high school. Zero numbers, remember zero and then positive numbers and negative numbers, and we said, where would you use negative numbers? Sure. Well, if you became a mechanic, you used negative numbers. Uh, zero is a balanced fuel mixture. So you've got long-term fuel trim, short-term fuel trim. Long-term fuel trim is what you had for dinner the last five days in a row. Short-term fuel trim is what you had for dinner tonight, All right. And the okay. computer, the computer looks at fuel trim and it decides, hey, you know, uh, John keeps going rich, so we're gonna we're gonna lean it out, or John keeps going lean, we're gonna add more fuel, just to get an idea what numbers are. Typically, you're gonna see short term fuel trim react very quickly, and you'll see short term fuel trim somewhere in the you know positive ten to fifteen percent range. Long term fuel trim generally shouldn't exceed ten percent. Over ten percent, it's driving it higher. When it gets to twenty five, it's gonna set a fault. I don't think you've got a fuel trim issue, but I would want you to look at it, all right where right. I, Where I think you're going here is what's real likely is that you do have a head problem. Do you have the ability to do a cylinder leak down test? I, I do, so
3: I have, a, I have the tool for that. Yeah I um, would do, I would do a leak down I was test do that this. Weekend.
4: Yeah, I would do a cylinder leak test because I've got a feeling you're going to find the valve seat fell out of the head or it's rattling around and it uh. moves, right. Okay. Um, you know, that, that's that's the common thing. Heads are more common than gaskets. Heads are more common than anything else on these. As a matter of fact, be careful. You might want to take that VIN and call the Chrysler dealer and say, hey, is there any extended warranty on this? Because some of these three sixes, Chrysler extended the warranty, I think, 10 years, 150,000 miles. So, you know, right. it's, it's, they may try to get you in the door for a diagnosis that you may or may not need. So, let's start there. Do a cylinder leak test, call me back next week with the results, and then we can talk further and, you know, decide just what exactly is going on. You may want to put those original coils back in because you've changed that parameter, and now if you have original stuff back in, you 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 know what good and what what bad is. Might have put a bad new coil in. I don't think so, but you, you get my point. So do those things, John. Call me back. I always I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate talking to you. We'll fix this. Don't uh, don't panic. We'll figure this out. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, coming up next, Toresh Gobin. <laughs> you want to know about scan tools? A little Scan Tool 101. Stick around. The Car Doctor's back right after this.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
4: Welcome back. You know, scan tools, we've talked about it for so many years and everybody's heard the term and it's been a while since we've actually visited the subject and we thought now would be a good time. It's kind of timely, right? We just had John on from Texas talking about diagnosing with a scan tool, his Ram truck problem. And, uh, Here's Haresh Gobin, who is a PDM product development manager for the folks over at Launch, LaunchTechUSA.com, uh, here to talk to us a little about scan tool basics, some 101 and some in-depth stuff. Haresh, good to talk to you again. Welcome back.
5: Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me back.
4: Oh, you're, you're very how welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, how was your day today? Did you develop anything good?
5: Um, yeah, we, we work on some testing. on some. Um, we're releasing some new entry-level scan tools for the DIY segment, and I was working on testing that at uh, one of my NAPA shops out here in San Diego, California. So Everything went well.
4: Good. So we can expect to see that in the marketplace soon, huh?
5: Yes. um, We are releasing um, some new DIY entry-level scan tools for that. The demographic is going to be for the average Joe, the average car owner, you know, to keep in their glove box or um, keep in their backpack whenever they need to take a look into their car's health. Uh, statuses, you know, they can definitely do that with these tools.
4: So, you know, here we are. It's 2022, right? And if you're out there and you're trying sure. to fix your car, uh, you know, you're trying to repair your own vehicle for a variety of reasons. Tough economy, can't find a good mechanic, you just like to tinker. Uh, do you really need a scan tool? Is it a mandatory thing in this day and age?
5: I, I My personal opinion, I, I would answer that is yes. I believe the the technology and the options on the market in terms of scan tools are uh, the price points that they're available at is very attainable. And it, there's no excuse that any everyone that drives a car shouldn't have a, a basic code reader, you know, that they can connect to their OBD port and kind of like just view if there's any live codes in there, if there's any um, codes that are stored. And from there, you know, uh, they can decide if they want to, you know, hop uh, take a stroll down to their parts retailer and and get into the diy type um repair or if they they want to um venture to their their service shop and um get into it a, a, pay for diagnostics in the in the shop
4: if, if you were to further if you were going to describe what a scan tool is let's take this conversation even more basic all right if you were talking to your mom or 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 a relative that wasn't car oriented what's a scan tool
5: So the way you have to look at this is your car, your vehicle, is basically a computer. It's a computer that's wired with different control modules that each control module serves a a different purpose. And to be able to communicate with that computer, to be able to get a status of the health of that computer, you need a scan tool, an OBD uh, scan tool. OBD stands for onboard diagnostics, which you plug into the port of your car and basically you, you can start receiving like information from that computer
4: so it's it's sort of like when you when you go to the doctor or the hospital heart rate blood pressure stick at your tongue say uh it's it's another way to interface and communicate with the vehicle and the car will tell you where it hurts it'll tell you where it's sick in a way
5: exactly and then that way you have a pathway of what you need to focus on and um you know if you get a code for uh P's 0303 which is a misfire you know that's usually going to be a spark plug or uh, a coil pack, you know. And for the ambitious uh, car owners out there, they can head over to their parts uh, retailer and pick up those plugs or pick up that coil pack and, you know, and pop it in. Right. So it, it gives you it gives the car owner a pathway to to addressing the issues that that they might be experiencing with their car. So they, if kinda, they got a check engine lighter.
4: Right. They kind of know which way they're going. Now, in in all fairness, the caller we had on just before you, John from Texas, got a P zero three hundred two. He did do plugs and coils. He didn't do enough testing because he still has his problem. So let's caution everybody. We still want you to test and not and not guess. Now, what I had said to him was move coils and plugs around to determine, is it ignition, is it mechanical, and, you know, we'll get him on the right path. We'll get him straightened out. But, yes, I understand your yeah. point. Um, some scan tools connect to a phone, right? We get And we have listeners that will tell me, well, I'm using a, a, a brand scan tool. Names don't come to mind, but something that will connect to their phone. And you know my argument against that is it's slow, right? If I'm trying to look at live data on a on an Android phone, I don't know how fast it is necessarily. I'm not condemning all of them, but I've I've always been a handheld guy. Are there advantages to handheld versus the phone? Disadvantages? Uh, you know, where do you where do you make that where do you make that decision point?
5: Yeah. Um, so basically, the the phone elements that you're talking about are basically going to be like the, uh, devices that are dongles that sync up to the uh, through via Bluetooth connection to your phone, and you will be able to retrieve some information. But there's definitely going to be a lag there. It's not going to be comparable to a professional line scan tool that your that your mechanic at the um, at your service center would have. Right. So that would be the difference. It would be ac- It would be level level of data transmission, and also um and also the like quality. Of, of data and um, what's being delivered.
4: So you're, you, you know, it's, it's, I guess it becomes down, it comes down to price point.
5: So let's, let's, let's go
4: specific now. Your launch, right? Launch tech. U, is it launch tech Huresh, for the listeners? Yes. Right. Launch tech
5: U, yes. launchtechusa.com. USA.com.
4: Okay. So you're a, you're, you're a scan tool manufacturer, full disclosure. How do you decide, you know, you're putting, how do, like you just came out with a new DIY scan tool. How did you decide what to put in it? You know, where's the price point? You know, is it market study? Do you say, well, we're going to make a scam tool for $500, $1,000, $2,000? You know, how does that variable get determined? And, you know, how does the listener know, you know, do they go for the $500 tool, the $1,000 tool, the $1,500 tool? Where's Where's their line in the sand? Yeah,
5: it depends on um, the demographic, right? So we categorize our Segments into de- uh, demographics. One thing about us as a launch as a company is we uh, serve many different demographics, from the de- do-it-yourself to the professional technicians and service facilities. So we at launch realized that the, sometimes the DIY segment um, is getting is kind of is neglected. And in, in the free information age, we understand that consumers, the average consumers, you know, has had a phone in their life ever since you know they were a teenager. So, we realize that they demand that in the aspect of their life, and that's when we decide to release a DIY product with just enough uh, information that's going to be and, and functionality that's going to be relevant for them. Right. And for, uh, for the next segment, the professional segment, obviously, you know, we, we work very closely with the shops and the service facilities and the master techs, and we take their feedback in developing the high end professional line products.
4: But, you know, and this is going to be my question. We're going, to, we're going to stop for a pause, and then when we come back, you'll answer it. My question before the pause is, but is the handheld device where it's just your phone, is that device likely to be more limited than a true handheld scan tool, whether it's DIY or professional? Don't answer it yet. You think about that. Let me pull over, take the pause. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor. I'm here with Harish Gobin from LaunchTech, or LaunchTechUSA.com, Launch Scan Tool Products. We'll both be back right after this. Don't go away.
1: At purdueglobal.edu.
4: Welcome back. we and the car doctor here. We're with Haresh Gobin from Launch Scan Tools, LaunchTechUSA.com. And before the pause, I had asked Haresh, I kind of put him on the spot a little bit and made him sweat. I like to make him sweat. It's kind of fun. Right, Haresh? And uh, um, yes, sir. We, we, were, we were talking about, you know, what's better, the, the handheld phone device or the, you know, the or I'm sorry, the phone device or the handheld scan tool? And, you know, what are you going to get more out of? What's 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 the solution? What
5: do you think? So this is a catch-22 question, a very good question at that, uh, Ron, but I would, I'm would i going to uh, approach to uh, answer it from this angle. So for a DIY-type uh, device, uh, OBD scan tool, it's all about um, expectations in terms of uh, the functionality that one expects. So on a DIY-type scan tool, there will be some limited funct- funct- functionality as compared to a professional-line scan tool. In addition to that, um, the DIY might have, a lag in data delivery, and that there might be like gaps in coverages and vehicle coverage. Right. With that said, um, a professional line scan tool, you can you can pretty much be assured that you'll be able to to accommodate an expansive type of vehicle coverage uh, from Euro, domestic, and Asian. In addition to, you'll be able to um, to accommodate firewalls that you might not be able to accommodate on a diy type scan tool now and that's a whole other conversation
4: that that is a whole other conversation let's not even go there you know i also look at it as if i was going to give a, a a child a a son or a daughter going to college a scan tool to throw in their glove compartment maybe it would just be an app on their phone just so when they call me and they go hey dad the check engine lights on and i can tell them hey plug in Tell me what the code is. I'll talk to our mechanic and he'll tell me what to do if it's serious or can it wait? Can you come home with the car? That kind of thing. But if I'm a DIYer in my garage on a Saturday afternoon and I'm trying to dope something out, I want as much firepower as I can get. So, you know, I'm going to go look, for example, at the Millennium Master, the new scan tool that Launch just came out with for the DIYers, right? Let's, let's talk a little bit about all the horsepower in that tool in our last couple of minutes here Huresh, uh, what's what are they going to see when they look at that tool versus a professional tool? What might they not see, and how do they make that decision, where to make that purchase decision?
5: So we've ch- uh, chose to re- release the Millennium Master. It's a very formidable tool because it's not exactly uh, just a code reader. It it's based on an Android seven platform and it mimics our award winning professional line software. So there's definitely going to be sound vehicle coverage on that tool, in addition to being able to access a multitude of service resets, from brake resets to oil change to SRS resets um, and to a very sound vehicle coverage. So very good uh, point that you, you highlight this product. It, it's, it's, it's a step above from the average DIY tool because we realize that... um. The DIY consumers, you know, they, they deserve more. You know, these are enthusiasts and these are people with vehicle knowledge that they might not uh, might not work on vehicles for a living, but you know, they, they've grown up around cars and they're um, gearheads. And this is one of the main competencies and, and core product focuses of the Millennium Master. Right. It does more than, a, than an average DIY tool, but it's not quite a professional line tool, so it strikes that medium balance there.
4: And where's the price point on a Millennium? Haresh, what's street price on a Millennium Master right now? Someone wanted to go out and buy one. It's
5: going to depend on the region, and um, I would just suggest the listeners follow up with www.launchtechusa.com. We have different price points in terms of our distributor models, so I don't don't want to be quoted. Yeah, no, I
4: mean, you know, is it a $1,000 tool? Is it a $1,500 tool? Uh, You know, and then.
5: it's definitely less than a thousand
4: dollar tool. Gotcha. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And and if we were going to yeah. go to a professional tool, by comparison, professional tools begin in the fifteen hundred to two grand range, right?
5: Yeah, our professional uh, professional line uh, tool, X four thirty one line, beginning the thousand dollars and up.
4: Right. Okay. And you know, one of the things I always yeah. tell everybody is, you know, you, you don't want to buy too little, and you don't want to buy too much, because chances are, whatever you buy. At some point in a couple of years, four or five years, four or five years is a long time on a scan tool, right? You're going to want to upgrade it. Correct. Right. There's there's going to be changes. Um, chances are you're going to upgrade most most scan tools, the hardware in, in the first in the next three to five years, just because the speeds required to talk to the newer vehicles. But if you're working on an older family fleet fleet uh, an older family fleet fleet, I'll get it right in a minute. Um, uh, you know, maybe that older scan tool is okay. So, hey, listen, real quick, where can the listeners go get more information? The clock's going to grab us. Tell them where they want to go.
5: Visit www.launchtechusa.com for more product information and to find an available distributor uh, with the best price points in your area.
4: And And real quick, I just want to touch on this. My spies tell me, I always save the best for last, you know that. The BST360, the battery and charging system gadget, as you guys call it, um, uh, connects to and, and tests batteries and charging system. When you come back, we're going to talk about that. But can they find information about that at the website?
5: Correct, uh, under the product section.
4: Got it. Okay. Haresh, always a pleasure, man. You be well. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. I'm Ron Anany, the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
1: at Purdue Who's gonna drive you home tonight?
4: Welcome back. I want to take a minute and thank Harish Gobin of LaunchTechUSA.com for taking the time and talking scan tools with us. And there's a lot we could say about the subject, but it is very timely. You know, you're as as cars continue to evolve and technology advances, all of you, you you all have a need, as he said, for that scan tool in the glove box. True story, art imitates life, right? I got a phone call this week from none other than Tom Ray, my executive producer. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and yes. uh, the daughter unit, Sarah, right? Tom's daughter, where's she? Massachusetts, Tom? Uh, no, she's in Connecticut. She's now. in Connecticut now, and and her her fairly new 2019 Ford Escape. Jump in when I'm wrong, Tom, and it, it popped uh, the check what? engine light. No, it popped the throttle. Uh, the the wrench light. Pop pop the wrench light, and it, and it's a 2019 Echo Sport and okay right and you know tom ron what do you think it is and we kind of you know brainstormed a couple of possibilities but how nice it would have been tom right had we had the ability to plug in a tool and sarah could do that i mean she's a doctor uh, you know she oh yeah she's oh, I'm, I'm thinking about buying her a uh, scan tool for christmas uh, you know it's it's i i think it's going to become every car should have that ability i think for peace of mind as a dad, how worried were you when she called up and said, Dad, this light's on on the dashboard?
3: Uh, I was worried, but I mean, I knew, kind of had an idea what it was because it was the perfect storm. She had just come off the highway, which was on an up- uphill ramp. She only, the, the car was telling her she had uh, 50 miles left, so she was sucking fumes on the gas tank, and she had forgotten to turn the uh, auto start stop
4: off. Right. So, the engine stopped she hit the she took her foot off the brake, she hit the gas, and it threw the light and it's, you know what and you you make a good point because it 's possible uh, she created the problem too. you know one of the things we 've all got to realize is that and, and we tend to do this. I think it 's the human being in us that we think well it 's a computer it 's perfect, it never goes bad, it never breaks. Until it does, and then you're on the side of the road somewhere, and you're going, "Oh my gosh, what uh, what what happened here? Why is uh, why are things so bad?" And doing what they're the, doing. Those of so. us who work on computers know better. Yeah, well, <laughs> those of those who work on computers with tires on them know better too, because it just doesn't work, and you're going to be fixing them all the time. Because I know this guy on the radio, and his favorite saying is still true to this day. I'm Ron in the Car Doctor, reminding all of you, good mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless. See ya.